as we venture into the murky waters of everything you've been told never to bring up at holiday dinner. You'll need a guide, someone you can trust, a battle-tested, common-sense leader who knows that an extra pair of dry socks just might save your life. That wise old sage has arrived, and he is shouting the Schmidt Show battle cry. Schmidt heads unite! Good morning. We got to go live on Facebook, too. Three, two, one. We're live on Facebook as well. Good morning, good afternoon, good whatever it is, wherever you're at. The appropriate uh, time, appropriate greetings, apparently, is how I'm supposed to say that. Depending on where you're at around the world, thank you for joining me here on The Schmidt Show. I'm here. Hi, we're on Facebook. That guy over there. Um, right here. I'm the Hig. That's the Hig, kind of like picking his nose a little bit. Like, it's hard to do on video. Um, <laughs> you ever hear the saying, you can pick your nose, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your friend's nose? Yeah. You can pick your family. No, you can't. You can, wait, I don't. <laughs> There's a whole interesting discussion that we had about that earlier this morning that I don't know. Sure that is not, yeah, that I'm is not, not air appropriate. Yeah, no, I'm not sure <laughs> that discussion. <laughs> It's funny I say that, given what prompted that conversation. Right, that it's it was a radio. Yeah, yeah, it was a radio discussion. A, yeah. Anyway, so good morning. Uh, this is, in fact, as the uh, deep voice guy. So when I do my terrestrial radio show, I have the smooth voice lady, and when I do the the podcast, I have the deep voice guy. Like I don't know, I'm I'm trying to be inclusive. I, think it should be, I feel like it should be epic voice guy. Ep- it is. He does have yeah. a pretty epic voice. Yeah, I think it should be smooth voice lady and epic, epic voice, voice guy. guy. Yeah. So epic voice guy does the uh, does the intro for. Um, for the Schmidt Show podcast. Um, so if you do want to join us on the on the on the radio show on the terrestrial show, you can do that at KanoxRadio.com. Um, or if you're in the North Dakota Grand Forks area, thirteen ten KanoX AM one zero seven nine KanoX FM. <laughs> text messenger or uh, voice. Or sorry, not text messenger. I'm so used to saying that on the on the pod, on the radio show in the uh, chat room. Yep. I just posted a picture to the to the chat room of our of our uh, my setup here with all of my screens and everything that's going on. Um, I sent it to you as well. No, if you wanted to maybe post that on the Facebook in the comments, sure, that would be great. Um, so uh, he says, uh, not enough screens. Need at least one more. I've got five. What else do you want from me? <laughs> So I've got all kinds of stuff to going on here in the uh, in the Schmidt Show studio. Hey, just remind, remind me, where am I posting this epic picture? Uh, pay, post it to the comments of the Facebook live stream. Can you gotcha. do that? Yes, I can. All right. So, um, so that's the beauty of the Hig is he does this kind of stuff for me while I'm trying to actually do a podcast. So, um, what we're going to talk about today is not the government shutdown because I'm honestly sick and tired of hearing about that. Um, nothing's getting done in Washington because it's run by a bunch of children. So there's that going on. Um, did you hear Trump actually offered amnesty or hinted at offering amnesty to end the shutdown? I did, but here's, here's, here's what I think the, the disconnect is. I think the disconnect is Pelosi isn't going to sign off on anything that includes a wall and Trump isn't going to sign off on anything that doesn't include a wall. Right. And so really... We can we can stop dancing around amnesty. We can stop dancing around right. all these other things. It doesn't. Let's just talk about the heart of the matter. You have to figure out: Are we going to build a wall? Or are we not going to build a wall? Right. Because when we build a wall, then the government opens up on the Republican side. When we don't build a wall, then the government opens up on the Democrat well, side. And even even Trump has said that that um, it's not even so much ready. To, he's he's ready to build a wall just in strategic places. Mm-hmm. Like he's 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 willing to compromise. The Democrats are not. At all. Right. And yet they want to call us obstructionists. But that's, a, anyway, yeah. different discussion. I, I don't want to spend a whole bunch of time on this. So um, what I do want to talk about, though, is men and masculinity. And and the, the ad that came out last week, I think it was last Sunday or Monday when this ad from Gillette came out, um, the, the ad was titled, We Believe the Best Man Can Be. And it was a short film by made by Gillette, the razor company. Um, and it, it essentially said men are bad and toxic masculinity is bad and all this kind of stuff. Then on Tuesday last week, I think it was actually the week before the Gillette ad came out. Tuesday last week, there was a company called eGuard Watches. And I've got a link to the eGuard Watches video and the eGuard Watches website um, on the um, 
uh, in the show notes because eGuard Watches has had an overwhelming response to this this ad that they put out in response to Gillette's ad. So eGuard Watches, they actually, I'm going to get the, their website up here um, and read their statement. It says, the positive response to our message has allowed us to start donating to charities. We will be donating $10,000 to the Bob Woodruff Foundation this week. We hope to continue making numerous donations year-round. Thank you all for giving us an opportunity to give back. That's not the only thing. Due to the unexpected, overwhelming response, we are back-ordered on many units. Please bear with us. We are accepting pre-orders as we are making new inventory. The response is beyond appreciated, and every order will be fulfilled. We want to be completely transparent about the weight. So that's the that's the story about eGuard watches, or that's the the um, the aftermath uh, aftermath I should say of eGuard watches. But they they put out this ad that was essentially a response to the Gillette ad. So I'm going to play both ads. Um, it's going to be a little bit difficult on you know audio and and whatnot to to get everything in can, as long as you can hear the lines you can understand right and i'll i'll give a little bit of commentary because there's there's things in the eGuard watches ad there's like text in the video there's text that goes along with it and he, he gives a list of statistics and things like that so um first we'll start with the gillette ad we'll play that and then we'll talk about it a little bit and then we'll play the eGuard watches ad so here's the gillette ad we believe the best man can be Is this the best a man can get? Is it? We can't hide from it. It's been going on far too long. We can't laugh it off. Who's the daddy? What I actually think she's trying to say. Making the same old excuses. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. But something finally changed. Allegations regarding sexual assault and sexual harassment. And there will be no going back. Because we, we believe in the best in men. Men need to hold other men accountable. Smile, sweetie. Come on. To say the right thing. To act the right way. Not cool, not cool. Some already are. In ways big and small. But some is not enough. It's not how we treat each other, okay? Okay. Because the boys watching today will be the men of tomorrow. So that is the the um, I think I shut the audio off for the for the uh, for the live stream on that. So for those of you who are watching on the live stream, you probably didn't hear the audio on that. I apologize. I think I actually hit the wrong button. But anyway, so that is the odd um, the the audio of the best the man can be from Gillette. And essentially, what it is, um, it's talking about bullying and, and men are bad and, and toxic masculinity and all this kind of stuff. And my wife watched it this weekend. I showed it to her and, and her first re- response was, so what? That's not that bad. That's mm-hmm. actually kind of inspiring. And on the surface it is right on the surface. I think it is inspiring. The problem is when you understand the background, when you, when you understand the history, when you understand what's going on in the social justice warrior movement and you see what's happening with some of these discussions, you realize that there's a lot of code words in there for men are bad. If you just said, challenge men, men need to be better, men need to be, is this the best that men can be, all of that. If you just had that ad, that would be one thing. The issue is when they play all of the Me Too stuff, it begins to try to legitimize the idea that just because somebody makes a severe accusation that all of a sudden it has credibility because of the of the of the parts that are between the person the the accuser's legs right and that's the part that makes the entire ad in my opinion a joke right because at that point what you're saying is 
that entire message is based. You're 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 essentially trying to equate yourself or trying to uh, to uh, compare and contrast the ad with the you know all of these idiotic right. movements. Well, and so here's the other thing. Like they they use some of the the classic phrases to in a, in what I would say somewhat out of context ways. So the um, the uh, the discussion of you hear the the one part and if you've seen the video there's a bunch of men look standing at a barbecue right they're like all lined up there's a you know 50 or 60 men standing in front of uh Weber grills right and it says boys will be boys boy and they keep kind of chanting this over and over boys will be boys will be boys so first of all any any real man that i know my father, someone that I look up to as a as a shining example of of appropriate masculinity. Um, my stepdad was a was a guy that that essentially um, defined for me what it meant to be a man, a, a caretaker of your family, a provider for your family, uh, a teacher, uh, a guide, a, a a helper to my mom and a helper to me and my brother, you know, like everything that you would expect from a man, a, a man of integrity and character and, and wisdom and all of these things that you would hope to be uh, a man. Um, my dad exemplified all of that. And I guarantee you, my dad would have never stood by um, and allowed a woman to be assaulted in any way, verbally, physically, sexually, in any way at all. Right. He would have never stood by and said, ah, boys will be boys. Right. You know, my dad would have been the first one to step in and and lay a beating on some guy who was inappropriately, uh, you know, treating a, sure. a, a woman with disrespect. Like, he, he was, he was, he would have never used the phrase, Boys will be boys to justify inappropriate behavior. Yeah, in and, that context, and, and no man that I've ever met in my life that I that I would consider to be a genuine, honest man of integrity would ever use that phrase as a way to justify bullying, to justify assault, to justify any sort of inappropriate treatment of anyone, male or female. Like that's not that phrase. Boys will be boys is 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 not that kind of a phrase. The phrase boys will be boys is boys are going to be rambunctious. Boys are going to be kind of loud and obnoxious and 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 they're going to play rough with their friends and they're going to get into uh, all kinds of, of, you know, crazy situations and do all kinds of uh, adventurous kinds of things. And and it is a a man's job. It is a father's job. And, and even, I would even suggest that it's a, a woman's job on some levels, a mother's job to step in when, when boys will be boys gets out of control. And, and there is misbehavior by a boy that, that a man will step in and go, Hey, I get that boys will be boys, but that's not a boy being a boy. That's inappropriate behavior. I've had that conversation with my own son. Mm -hmm. I get that you're a boy. I get that you want to do these things and you want to go and have fun and, and be with your friends and do all those kind of things. And that's great. And I want to encourage that. And I want to mm -hmm. encourage you to enjoy manly kinds of things, mm -hmm. but that's not appropriate behavior. My son has a, he got his first car, this year within the last year i can't remember exactly when it was earlier this fall and was of course we live in an area where there's a bunch of snow and ice and all that kind of thing and so my son gets his first car that his boss bought for him for three hundred dollars so it's not like some high-end luxury car or anything like that it's an old beat up old buick and he took it you know First snow of the year, first icy roads and things like that. Takes it over to the mall parking lot and decides he wants to learn how to do cookies. Mm -hmm. Crashes it into a curb and breaks the rim and causes some damage to his car. And nobody gets hurt. Nobody. So this, this is probably not the appropriate response to the story and to the point that you're trying to make. But if you'd have called you or I, we could have, we could have helped well, out. Like, yeah, and it's, I told. That's one of the things I told him. I said, "Look, that's one of those things. Boys will be boys. You're." Every boy I know that gets their first car, the first chance they get to go on some ice and do some some cookies, they're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And and I told my son, first of all, it's your car. 
you're fixing it. It's going to cost <laughs> you money, not me. Right. I didn't. I didn't break it. It's. It's. This is the lesson that you need to learn. Mm-hmm. That if you do things like that and take those risks, it could cost you something. Mm-hmm. And I also said, I get that you're going to do that kind of stuff. I get that that I did that stuff. My dad did that stuff. His dad did that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I get that that's going to go on. Next time. Let's go together. I'll show you how to do it right so you don't break your car. <laughs> like, as silly as that sounds, yeah. I'll, cause I, at 42 years old, 40, oh, wait, I'm 43. 43 years old, I think. Yeah, it's 40, 40 plus years old. Yeah, 43 years old. I had to think about it for a second. I'm actually, yeah, I am 43 years old. And so at 43 years old, I still enjoy doing that stuff. Right. I've done that stuff with my son in the car. Sure. But I've, I've made sure. Number one thing you do, you make sure there's nobody around that you're going to crash into and nobody's going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. You, It's okay to have some fun and be a little crazy and have a little bit of, of obnoxiousness and rambunctiousness, right. but it needs to be directed in a way that is is safe for everybody else and safe for you, right? Mm-hmm. And like, safe for the car. And safe for the car, right? right? So we had that discussion. I get that boys are going to be boys, but here's an appropriate way to do that. Mm-hmm. So you don't get hurt. Now, there are some things that I will never say. One of the things that I struggle with or I, I get frustrated with is when people say they, they take their kids, their young teenage boys or whatever, out drinking, right? And they say, I'd rather, I'd rather have them drinking with me than out with their buddies. Mm-hmm. No, it's illegal, first of all. Mm-hmm. You're an adult. Do not take your under 21, if you're in the U.S., do not take your under 21 child out drinking. I just don't agree with that. Now, if you want to do that, it's your family, whatever. I'm not right. going to, it's none of my business. Yep. I don't agree with that. I don't think that is appropriate. I don't think that's boys being boys because you're encouraging your child to break the law and you are breaking the law. And so that's a different, let me, that's let a different me, let discussion. Me play, let me play devil's advocate just for a okay. second. I, I would, here's what I would argue. I would argue that going to college as, and this is coming from a person that did not drink a drop of alcohol uh, during college. Right. And um, but what I saw was going out with my friends and hanging out with them. What I saw was, if you are under twenty one years old, the only way to go out and have the only way to go out and and have the same kind of fun that all your friends were having, since you couldn't drink in the bar, right, was to drink copious amounts of alcohol inside of the dorm, inside of the house, wherever. Right. Then you go out to wherever the party is, and then slowly, you know, over the next hour or so, you get just totally plastered. Right. Then then you party and throw up and whatever, and. Um, what I think what what I see happening is two, three things are going on there. First of all, because the laws don't allow people to drink, it doesn't stop them from drinking. What it does is it forces them to drink in a more dangerous right. way. The second thing that I see happening is that it, like you said, it puts the onus on a responsible parent not to engage in alcohol drinking with their kids and the first opportunity that kids have to drink mm-hmm. oftentimes is in an environment where their parents are no longer present right. because they're living in a college dorm. So the the counter argument I would have to that, like, I agree with you that at, as long as it's illegal, you're setting a bad example to teach your kids right. to drink alcohol. So there's you don't get any argument with me there. But if we were going to reevaluate that law, what I would say is if we could start the drinking process from a standpoint of, you know, you're going to have dinner, have a glass of wine. And not the first experience that kids have with alcohol right. is drink six shots or seven shots before you go out to a party. It may encourage more responsible drinking right. down the road because they get to college. It's no longer a it's no longer a novelty. Right. I've been doing this for four years, five yeah. years, whatever. Right. So here's and and I don't I don't necessarily disagree with that, but here's here is my response to that. I think there's a way to do that without taking them out drinking. I, I and yeah, right. and and I have I feel like I have been successful in that. My daughter who's 22 years old, um, when she first moved out of the house, she's, she moved out recently, that was not her response, was to go out and drink and to get drunk and all that kind of thing. Because we took the time over the course of her lifetime to not just give her the what, but give her the why. So, so many times what happens with young people is we give them the what without the why. And, and this is a little bit off subject from where we're at with the, with the boys will be boys. And we'll get to that back. We'll get back to that in a second, but we give kids the what without the why we say, don't, 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 don't. Well, what's the first thing? Most kids, when you say, don't do that thing, what's the first thing they want to do is they want to do that thing, whatever that thing is. But if we give them the why, 
it makes a little bit more sense. So the example that I use, and I steal this from a, from another very wise uh, individual. It's not my in my original idea, but the idea of sexual purity before marriage, right? We we tell kids all the time, don't, 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 don't. But we don't tell them why. We just say, don't. Don't have sex. Don't have sex. Don't have sex until you're married. Well, why? Well, so, okay. First of all, if and, and this is the way it was put to me or to other people, but I happen to be listening. Um, if you look at sexuality, human sexuality, if you were God and you had created it, and it doesn't matter if you believe in God or not, that's not the point of this. But if you were, if you were this all-knowing being that you had created this thing called sexuality, and you knew all of the stuff that went along with it. You knew about the possibility of STDs. You knew about the emotional connections that are made, especially by young girls, that that cause all kinds of sometimes even lifelong um, psychological issues. If you knew about all of the stuff, teenage pregnancy and the and the the problems that come along with that, and and single motherhood and and single fatherhood and all of these things, and you knew all of that kind of stuff and the dangers of all of this, and you knew what even modern psychologists know that the 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 ideal scenario for a family, a young young family and, you know, mom, dad, and, and kids, if you knew that the ideal scenario that we've learned over hundreds of years of experience and studies and science and all that kind of stuff, that the, the ideal scenario was mom, dad, kids, and one family through an entire lifetime, if you knew all of that, what would you say? Well, I'd say don't until you're married. Exactly. Because that's logical. That's rational. That's reasonable. That makes sense. But what we often do, we don't bother having that conversation with kids because A, we're either too busy, B, we're too lazy, or C, we don't really care enough about anything outside of ourselves to take the time to have that conversation. So it's a matter of taking the time, and and in the case of, to wrap this back around to our original discussion, in the case of boys will be boys, it's easy to just say when your children get in trouble, ah, boys will be boys. It's a lot harder to say, hey, look, I get that boys will be boys, but that's not an appropriate behavior. Boys will be boys, but here's how you can be a boy and still be and behave appropriately. Here's how you can be a young man and still be the the young man of integrity and character that I desire for you to be as your father. And, and so I believe that the discussion of, of alcohol, the dis- any really issue can be had with, you know, cause we don't do this with sex, right? We do this with alcohol. We take our kids out drinking, but how many fathers do you know when their son turns 16 goes out and buys them a hooker because ah, I want them to, you know, I'd rather have them do it, you know, in under my supervision than to go out and do it on so, their own. Uh, so what, my response to that would be, uh, you know, obviously I wouldn't take my son out and have a hooker, but would, right. would, but, but, would I take my son out on a date with a young girl? Oh, absolutely. Would I, would I take him out, or maybe and I invite think you him, should, or maybe invite him along with my wife yep. to show him the responsible way to go out on yep. a date? Absolutely. A double date. Yep, absolutely. So, so uh, you know, I, again, I, I, I would say that I would say that taking, my, you know, hiring a hooker for my son would I would equate that to buying my son twenty one shots and right. saying here is here's what you you know it's your twenty first birthday. Right. It's not that get would, as blasted as you possibly can. Exactly. So there is when I say that I think that parents should introduce alcohol i mean parents should introduce alcohol in a responsible way and so if i was to translate that into um sex or dating then i would say that i would take my son out and teach him and you know it's actually it's interesting how, you bring how that to up. hold a door open and all those sorts of things right so it's, it's interesting you bring that up because one of the things that i have done with my daughters who are nowhere near dating age right, right. but one of the things i have done with my daughters is you know they watch youtube videos and they get and they 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 see some stuff you know there's all these it seems like they try to pack more and more adult type themes into children's, uh, ki- videos. children's yeah. videos which is kind of frustrating to me but so my daughter has has started asking questions about dating and you know what is date and so one of the things that we did was i took my daughter out on a spaghetti date yep, on and a we went, yeah and we went out and and yep. had spaghetti and part of that idea was to lay out expectations of what she should expect yeah you know, when she gets older. So when she sees a boy mistreating her, 
that she knows it she recognizes right. it. that she orders first on the menu that yeah. she picks out what she wants that you know and and not not to create in you know spoiled entitled little brats but right. the idea that she understands that she is valuable as a person and that the conversation should be about things that she's interested in and 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 kind of setting that tone yeah. and the idea is to again to because essentially what we're doing is we're training adults right right that's what yeah. we're doing as parents yep. And uh, and so I think that it should apply to dating. I think it absolutely should apply to sex, but I also think it should apply to alcohol. You know, one of the things you said there, and again, this is we're we're getting somewhat off topic, but I think this is a great discussion to have. You mentioned um, that she's valuable as a person, and and you said something else. You said um, we're training adults. Well, before that, you were you were talking, and now I lost my Co- train. Of conversation thought. should be oh, about conversation her about things that should that interest her. Interestingly enough, if she's on a date with an interesting young man. The conversation is going to also be about the young man, because right. she he will be interesting to her, and he, she, she will want to know, hey, what do you do for uh, so you I, know hobbies and things like that. So I, I feel like you're I, just based on what I know about you and some of the conversations we've had in the past. I feel like you're going to agree with me on this, but I, I'm far more concerned about a a young man trying to direct a conversation in a certain way than I am more yes. concerned about my daughter trying to direct a conversation. So I would rather have the, I would rather err on the side where I'd rather set the expectation of, Hey, you know, if you're going out on a date, it's, he should be asking about you, about you. And, 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 and to- the kind of topics that you're talking about are things that are interesting in life and right. not let's go back to my place. And right. Netflix and yeah. Chill. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which, yeah. So anyway, um, to to kind of wrap all of this discussion up, the the I get the whole story of boys will be boys. I get that. I really do. But there is an appropriate way for boys to be boys. And I think it is our job as men to guide that conversation about what is appropriate for boys being boys, right? Mm-hmm. And like I said, the Gillette ad, I think, really misrepresents that statement because any man that I know, like my, I've got one of my cousins actually just logged on here. And is watching. So hi, Marcy. Um, her, her. Uh, anyway, another one of my cousins. It. I don't maybe want to be try to be careful with how I relate all of these people. But another cousin of mine um, is a shining example of what I believe is a good father. Um, Marcy's husband is a shining example of what I believe to be a good father. From what I know, I do, we they live quite a ways away from us, so we don't spend a lot of time with them. But those. Those sort of, hey, Marcy, so those sort of conversations, I think, are, it is our responsibility as adult men to to teach boys that, yes, it's okay for a boy to be a boy. It's okay to play cops and robbers, and it's okay to, to play war and soldiers and, and all of those sorts of things, but there's an appropriate way to do that. We do not allow little boys in their obnoxiousness and their rambunctiousness and their rowdiness to to treat others inappropriately or di- with disrespect. So with that being said, I want to play this other ad. This is the ad that was put out by eGuard Watches. Now, I'm not a watch guy. I don't usually wear a watch, obviously. I mean, I don't, it's just, I'm not a, I'm not a watch wearer. Um, but this company has made me want to buy a watch. And apparently they've made a lot of people want to buy watches because their ad has caused such an overwhelming response that they are back ordered on many of their, their available watches. So this is their ad and there's some text on the screen. Obviously it's not going to uh, translate well through the audio, but there's some text on the screen that will, I will either try to read while the video was playing, uh, but I don't want to step on the video either. So if nothing else, I'll just recite the stats and the text that's on the screen um, after the video plays. So this is eGuard Watches, and it's titled, What is a Man? What is a man? Is a man brave? It says men account for 93% of workplace fatalities. Is a man a hero? Men comprise over 97% of war fatalities. Is a man... Is a man a protector? 79% of all homicide victims are male. Is a man... 
vulnerable. Nearly half of all fathers without any visitation rights still financially support their children. Is a man disposable? Men account for 80% of all suicide victims. Is a man broken? 75% of single homeless men or homeless people are men. Is a man trying? see the good in them. We see the good in men. Now that video to me that video to me, oh, I didn't start the, I, I got, can you get a setup, Noah? Can you log in here to yep. get yeah, us on the, I forgot so, to but the, get the, the phone number The point is that that is an actual inspiring video about men because it doesn't tear anybody down. Right. You don't have to tear yep. somebody down to make an inspiring video. Right. And quite honestly, I found usually when you want to elicit more motivation, uh, and and you want to elicit change from somebody, I've always found that it comes easier from giving, like, so for example, if somebody sets an expectation, if somebody tells me, hey, I think you're this, what I found, what I find anyway, is usually that it it allows me to be, it, it, it makes me want to be more of that thing, right? If somebody right. says you're an honest person, it makes me want to be more honest. If somebody tells me, hey, you are, you know, you're a reliable person, it wants makes me want to be more reliable. I, I think that people tend to get defensive anytime they're told, hey, you need to be better, right? Then people go, well, I'm not good enough. Is that what that means? I mean, what right. does that, you know, that's kind of how I look at that. And I'm not sure if, but I, I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of what you're getting to, right? Right. It's yeah. It it's it's a, it's more a discussion of we need to have um, we need to have a view of of men that is balanced. Mm -hmm. Like I, I get that there's some bad people out there that do bad things. Um, I, I get that there are are men that have behaved inappropriately. Mm -hmm. um, Harvey Weinstein, of course, and all of the garbage that went on with that. Um, <coughs> that dude should probably be buried underneath the jail. Um, you know, there, there's, a, there's a level of, of disgustingness about that that is probably um, unfathomable by most people. So if we can admit that, can you admit that not all guys are crazy? Well, see, that's the thing, right? Like, and, and I think most men that look at what's going on with the me too movement, with, with any of these behaviors, most real men, men that I know, like I said, men that I look up to and respect and, 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 and trust as men of character and integrity look at those situations themselves and go, you know, let's get it. Let's, let's get a, a, a posse together and go pay Mr. Weinstein a visit. Right. You know, most the, the fathers of most of those victims, and I don't know all of the names of the victims, but a lot of these, these Hollywood actresses who were victimized by this dirtbag, I'm guessing if you ask their fathers, if they could get together with a, with a group of their buddies and go pay Mr. Weinstein a visit with a baseball bat, you know, they'd be all over that, you know. But as they are men of character themselves, they step aside and say, allow the justice system to work because yeah. that's appropriate behavior. Maybe that's like half of them. I think the other half are just like, well, I don't really want to spend the rest of my life in jail. Well, but I mean, but that's the thing, right? Like, like there is, there is, as a dad of a daughter, 
if something like that happened to my daughter, my my response would be a visceral hatred and rage and anger, and I would want to, you know, pummel whoever the the perpetrator is into oblivion. You know, I would want to send them to have a meeting with Satan himself. But at the same time, I also would acknowledge that vengeance and and revenge are not appropriate behaviors for a man of character and integrity. You know, so I think that's I think that's where some of this discussion goes. And I think this this idea of of a balanced view of men is is where we are falling off. And the same needs to be said for women, right? I mean, there there has to be a balanced view of women. Not all women are angels, right? But at the same time, not all women are evil feminists that want to destroy, you know, masculinity, right? I know, I, I've mentioned many times on my terrestrial radio show, the 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 experience that I have had being married to my wife for the last 22 plus years has been one that I would not trade for anything. Like there's, there is nothing that would, that would be worth losing that experience that I've had over the last 20 years and what I may experience for the next 22 plus years again, or hopefully more because at 22 years, I'll only be, 65 years old. So I'm hoping, you know, that, that I get to live a little bit longer than that and continue with my wife beyond that. But that, that whole, that whole experience does not taint my vision to real or to, to make me believe that every woman on the planet is just like my wife. But the experience I've seen with some of these radical feminists also does not taint my view that all women are like that. And, and I think that's where, where this, this whole Gillette thing, why it is really so offensive to people in general is because most people are capable of looking at the world and going, yeah, Harvey Weinstein's a jerk, but I'm not Harvey Weinstein. Right? Mm-hmm. Like Hitler was a bad guy, but I'm not Hitler. Right. I may not be Jesus, but I wasn't Hitler. Right? And and I think that's what what we have to we have to keep in mind about this. There were some interesting comments that I want to bring up um that cuz this this the CEO of of um of Egard Watch his name is Elon Srulovich. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um he was the guy that actually narrated that video. That was his voice. Um, and he was the one that put the video together. And he explains a little bit. One of the things, so let me go back through the statistics. It says men, com- men comprise over 95 se- or 97% of war fatalities, according to the U.S. Department of Defense. 79% of all homicide victims are male, and it's according to the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime. Um Nearly half of fathers without any visitation rights still financially support their children. That's according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Men account for 80% of all suicide victims, uh, and that's according to the World Health Organization. 75% of single homeless people are men, and that's the National Coalition for the Homeless, um, where they got that statistics from. So Mr. Shrulevich, Ilan Shrulevich, I think that's how you pronounce it, was asked about this ad. He said, what was your response to the Gillette commercial? And he said, if I'm being honest, my initial response from a visceral standpoint was a negative one. Whether it's justified or not, I felt a bit offended. I felt like it painted with too broad a brush. At the same time, I also understood what they were trying to say. I just don't think it was the right way to say it. I think that there's a very strong movement in society that's very pervasive and from an advertising perspective, I can see how Gillette felt that that was the right move. That's the ongoing narrative. 
I'm absolutely for addressing issues like sexual assault and bullying. And I think the unfortunate thing that Gillette ad seems to miss is that most guys feel the same way. So he addresses that. He actually says, look, we get that. Most men don't approve of bullying. Most men don't approve of the, the, the assault on women. Most men don't approve of that inappropriate behavior. Um, goes on. He was asked, um, about the, the, the video and releasing it and whatnot. He was told, he said, uh, he said this releasing it anonymously felt like an action out of fear because he was asked, why didn't you release it just anonymously or whatever? And he said, he said the reason he chose to release it publicly and as an ad for his company, um, he said that there, he, he read a, an article or a quote or something. I can't remember who the quote was from. It says, there are only two places actions can come from. They're going, they're either going to come from fear or they're going to come from love. And so his response was releasing anonymously, like I said, releasing it anonymously felt like an action out of fear, not out of love. Putting something I've built and something that means so much to me behind this video would be an action out of love. So I decided to go in that direction. I also thought that an anonymous video wouldn't have the same impact as a company saying, this type of message is okay. This type of message is good. Um, so he, he, he also saw the potential for negative as well. He said, I had friends tell me that a message like this draws away from women's rights issues and it's not the right time or the current political climate isn't right for this kind of message. I don't see why it has to be an either or thing. It's not a competition. Suffering should never be a competition. Uplifting people should never be a competition. We should all have positive messages. And I think companies have lost track of that. You should want to uplift people in your advertisements, not lecture them or generalize an entire group. I decided just to take a stand and do it. I spent my own money on it. I recorded it myself. I did the editing myself. It was the only way I could go about it and not be influenced by anyone. And that was important. I didn't want to have it get pulled back or not get the statistics out that are very real and often sadly ignored in society. So he did this on his own and his board of directors or whatever his people in his company said, Hey, are you sure this is a good idea? And he said, Hey, if we're going to take a stand, we need to take a stand and, and be honest about who we are. So, um, I've got a lot of respect for this guy. Like I said, I, I'm not a watch guy. I'm probably going to buy a watch from them. What's interesting is I'd never heard of this watch company before. I hadn't either, but Hey, I'll buy one of their watches. Yep. Absolutely. I will. Yeah. And I do wear a watch. I'm not a big watch guy, but I'm thinking I might buy one. If nothing else, my wife wears a watch from time to time. I may just buy her one because mm-hmm. they make women's watches and stuff as well. Um, but I, this, this is the kind of thing. I think this is where we need to be as a as a society, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and I think it's interesting. That this article that I'm reading from uh, this interview, it says that the video had seen um, like 780,000 views or whatever, 766,000 views and it had a 64 to one like to dislike ratio. Um, that number has increased dramatically. It's at like 1.5 million views now. Um, I don't have the statistics right in front of me here. I had it a second ago and I think I closed it out. Um, let me get this back up here. Cause it, I think it's an important part of this story is that this video has taken off the, the eGuard watches company. Um, they've got like 5,500 subscribers to their channel. Oh, they had 5,500 subscribers. They now have 11,000. So they doubled, wow. they've doubled their subscriber. Wow. Yeah, they doubled their subscriber um, list, and they've gone from 766,000 views on Wednesday of last week to 1.5 million, 1.53 million videos today. So, like, this has been, um, this has been a pretty positive experience for them, and the the like to dislike ratio is much much higher now. Um, there's 132. To two, so that's ah, not a whole lot higher. So it's, it would be what 132 divided by two is 66 mm-hmm. to one, 
and it's actually a little higher than that. It's about 68 to 1 right now. So it's it's risen a little bit. There's overwhelmingly um, a positive response. 132,000 likes to 1.8 thousand dislikes. Mm-hmm. So 100 times plus more likes than dislikes. So this is, this to me, this, this says that this is the kind of discussion we need to be having as opposed to the shouting and the yelling and the screaming. And I think this becomes a, a new standard, if you will, Mm -hmm. because here's, this goes back to the 2016 election somewhat as well. And I don't want to bring Trump into this because I, I think that's the the easy analogy to make, um, but there is something to be said. People want, I think, I think people want someone who's willing to stand for what they believe. I think that's part of it. I also think that there's a lot of people that want to. I, I think what people are really looking for is something different from the status quo, mm. right? I, I feel like a, a lot of people voted for Trump. And it's, it's interesting. I was actually just having this discussion on, on my Facebook, my personal Facebook page. A lot of people voted for Trump because he was something different because right. he was, a, he was a wild card. And people said, well, I know what I get. I know what I get with the establishment Republicans. I definitely right. know what I get with the establishment Democrats. Here's something different. Let's right. give that a shot and see what, where it gets us. And I think we've been pretty impressed with the results so far. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> I don't disagree with that. Like I said, I think though, I, people are people don't want wishy washy, right? People don't want somebody that's gonna. I think part of what is 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 gaining traction for Trump with a shutdown is because he's standing on it. Like he's he's gonna die on this hill. Like if this is the end of his presidency, that wall is gonna be it. That's that's gonna be the thing that results in his removal from office. You know, and, and, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, he's, he's willing to, he's willing to take that stand. And I think that's, I think that's what a lot of people are looking for. And and I think that's why the, the Gillette ad saw so much response as well. Even if it wasn't something that people believed in, at least they went, well, that's a risky move for Gillette. They're at least they're willing to, to stand for something. And I got to respect them for that as well. So I, I don't know. And it, you know, to be fair to Gillette, could have been a lot worse. Right? Oh, like absolutely. They didn't, they didn't, yeah. It wasn't over the top. It was right. just they're trying to they're essentially what they're trying to do is they're trying to maneuver their way and kind of sneakily get into and latch on to a, 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 a what I would say is a is a very negative movement. And they're trying to do it in a in a way that kind of splits the difference to get everybody on board. Yeah, and that's that's what bothers me. And so, if you're gonna if you're gonna go out there, then we're gonna go ahead and support the companies that do the opposite. Like I did this watch company. I did join Harry's or uh, was it Harry? No, no Dollar, Dollar, Shave. Dollar Shave Club. I don't know. What... You you need to not shave. Like I mean, I know that's I mean that's a vast majority of people download the show, <laughs> they listen, so they don't right. understand what I have to look at. But like you you I mean <laughs> you just look way better with facial hair, man. Yeah, I so I I it's weird because. If I don't shave, I look fifty. If I don't if necessarily I, agree with if that. If I do shave, I look like a kid. Yeah, I don't know. There's just it's just yeah, something's not really right. Yeah, no, I think I think you need facial hair. My wife likes it when I shave. I haven't shaved in like three days. So this is this her, is her and I will talk. <laughs> we'll fight it out. This is this is this is the the pathetic nature of my beard growing abilities. This is like three or four days of I don't know. It was a, maybe it's even almost a week since I shaved last. So I literally, so I signed up for the Dollar Shave Club. I get four razors every three months. <laughs> nice. That's how that's how little I shave. Does and it actually cost a dollar? No. Oh. It's like six dollars. Well, that's stupid. Yeah. It should be called well, a six dollar shave club. I think club. originally they had like a cheapo version that you could get that was actually a dollar. Does that's it where, still exist? I don't know. Oh. I, maybe. I, I I just joined recently, so mm. I don't know. But it, honestly, I didn't join. I didn't join Dollar Shave Club yeah, in before resp- this ad. Yeah. In response to the Gillette ad, right? I just I've been wanting to do it for a while, so 
That was the, like that was the thing that triggered me here's, finally I'm, taking I'm, the plunge. You know, you have to let me know how that works out because here's the here's the thing. I'm on both sides of the fence. Like on one hand, I I'm I'm the kind of guy that I buy a razor head and then like you know. It, it wears out, and I'm like, yeah, I should probably get around to that. And then nine months later, I'm like, geez, I really need to replace this thing. If I can remember to get to the store. And then like a year and a half, it finally like falls apart, and I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to the store now. Oh, yeah. You know, I would yeah. like to replace them. I just, you know, I get yeah. things to I do. Like the, I like the delivery part. That's that's kind of cool. So anyway, um, with that, we're I think we're going to kind of end a little bit early today as far as the, the Schmidt, goes, Schmidt Show podcast goes. Um yeah, it was. Um, I, I wanted to kind of address this whole men and manly men kind of mentality that the toxic masculinity. Um, I think is is a myth that needs to be put to bed once and for all, because there, in my opinion, there is no such thing as toxic masculinity. There are, there are men who do bad things Mm -hmm. and those men should be appropriately chastised, chastised for their behavior. Yeah. And if necessary shot. Yeah. And I mean, if we got to, if we got to bury a few underneath a Leavenworth prison, make them break, make big rocks, uh, you know, into little rocks. I think that's all right. I'm mostly okay with just shooting them all and let God sort them out. (laughs) I, I, my, the conservative um, rule of law guy in me says we maybe need to have at least a trial before we shoot them. Okay. Well, sh- if I mean, if you insist. <laughs> well, here's, here's what we could do. Here's what we could do. We could uh, we could we could hang them and then have a trial. You know. Yeah. Sure. Uh, All right, the- fine. Give them the free. Give them the fair trial. Then we hang them. <laughs> uh, fair enough. You've convinced me. Uh, with that, we'll see you tomorrow. Or I'm sorry, not tomorrow. Next week. Have a great week, guys.